You are listening to the Phenom NBA Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network. Powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Phenom NBA show. I'm Danny over in New Zealand, and I am joined today by Trey Wilkinson. And today we are going to be discussing three very interesting topics. Uh, some breaking news from Woj as he reported a new coronavirus case uh, to a positive in Philadelphia. Trey will update us on that. And we'll also be discussing the beloved New York Knicks and their, their recent success this season, and also the Bradley Beal situation in Washington. All right. So it was actually Shams that broke the news uh, about the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Seth Curry, just positive. That's why he was out tonight. The 76ers learned about it apparently at the beginning of their loss or right before the start of their loss to Brooklyn tonight. Um, and we don't really know much about that. We don't, much, we don't know much else besides that the Sixers are quarantining in New York for at least tonight's. And I won't be surprised if they said that for a few days because you have to quarantine most of the time for at least two weeks. Um, but obviously they'll be tested, I assume. And then we will figure out whether or not people got positive. They'll be tracing it to see where Seth Curry got it from as well. So there's not a whole lot we know about it now. We just learned about it about 20, 30 minutes ago. And I mean, just hopefully that they're able to figure this out and be able to find out how he got, he tested positive, how he got coronavirus and be able to limit um, and make sure that doesn't happen again and kind of cut out and restrict um, the way that he got COVID. And I mean, we've seen the NFL this past season that it doesn't really matter in the NFL because they play once a week. Uh, if the game's pushed back two days or so, but in the NBA, if a game's postponed, they don't have to play it. They can't really play it until about the end, like, I guess the end of the schedule, end of the schedule. And it's been released in two parts, so props out and so for that. And, but they'll have to bump the game to the end of that section of the schedule, and that just takes more time. Then the, the who knows how long the playoffs will go um, if they keep having to bump games back, as well as there's only 15, 14 guys on an NBA roster, and the NFL is 53. And if three guys have to quarantine, that's a third, that's a fifth of your team basically quarantining. And if the NFL, if three guys have to quarantine, it's like 2% of your team. So it's just a lot, a lot of unknown still about COVID. And we have to remember that it's still really prevalent in the U.S. for the moment. Um, and yeah, that's basically all I have for COVID. But yeah, be safe. Uh, that also brings us back. Do you remember, uh, also for you listeners, back on our first episode when me and Trey were on, 
we were just t- discussing our hot takes, and I remember one of Trey's hot takes was the season ending, what was it, late August? Yeah, it was about mid-August, late, late August. August. Uh, do you Basically think this is becoming more and more of a reality with these cases? Or do you I... think by that time? Do you think around by that time we'll be able to be safe by then? Um, hopefully by August we'll have like vaccines and all that out and readily distributed and available um, to everybody. But it's mostly about these next few months that could push things a lot back. I'm, I'm a bit optimistic because this is the first time I've really heard anything in the first few weeks of the season. So that's a pretty good um, rate so far. I mean, obviously they've had James Harden in December do all sorts of stuff. But besides James Harden, and the Sixers thing, we haven't really heard anything about COVID. Um, I think there was at one point they tested everybody and there's like six people got tested positive. So it's a pretty good percentage right now, but it's the next few months that I'm really worried about because I think after maybe May would probably be a good timeline because there's a vaccine that's in the works and it seems to be ready or at least working for the most part. But it's just- It was until the virus mutated. Oh yeah, that's fair. But- <laughs> okay um but yeah it, it is the next few months that will probably be be the most cautious about because there probably won't be a vaccine for the next few months and those months could be the ones that push back the playoffs in june and the finals in july and stuff back a month or whatever yeah that's all we have on the current situation if we receive any updates we'll be able to update you guys here yep uh, moving on now to our next topic and we're talking about the new york knicks heading to the season no one expected the New York Knicks to be the current fifth seed in the East. We are now around eight to nine games within the season. And the Knicks are five and three. And they have defeated pretty good teams, the Pacers. They defeated the Cavs, who were on a run at that time. They defeated the Bucks, who they are currently sitting above. And they defeated the Hawks, who are off to a hot start as well. Um, at the beginning of the season, everyone was expecting... Oh, the Knicks, you know, they're just the meme team of the NBA. No one expects anything from them. They're going to be 15th, 14th seed. They're going to be back at the lottery, not get the first pick again because that's what it's like. You know, New York Knicks, trash. That's what everyone's expecting with the Knicks. However, what we've seen this season has been far from that. Julius Randle has been playing incredible. Um, even uh, prior to Alex Bur- to Burks' injury, he was putting up 21 points a game. However, he does have an ankle injury uh, sideline him at the moment. Um, but Jules Randall's getting you know some great help from RJ Barrett, Alfred Payton, and also Austin Rivers. If you guys saw uh, the other game where he scored 14 points in a row in the clutch, which was you know incredibly clutch, uh, incredibly you know, amazing for the Knicks, it helped them seal the victory over the Jazz, um, and. We've seen Obi Toppin play pretty decent. Michael Robinson as well is still there. They still have Emmanuel Quickly, who is a rookie, who hasn't played all eight games. Um, but we've seen, you know, a decent roster show up for the Knicks, and no one expected this. Could this be, you know, what we could see in the future, a playoff competition in the future? Or is this simply early season, you know, early season stardom? Yeah, that, I guess that is the biggest question, whether this will, whether this streak will last... And a big part of this is Julius Randle. Alfred Payton has had actually a few games. He's on my fantasy team, so I don't know. Um, a few decent games, including a 22-8 and eight game the other day against the Jazz, who they beat by 12. And it's not like they're outscoring. Their, it's not like they're scoring a whole lot. It's their defense, which is surprisingly good so far this season. 
They're eighth in defensive rating. They're, I mean, their offense is solid so far, but they're, they're like 20th in offensive rating right now. So it's, it's mostly their defense with the fact that Julius Randle was a lot more efficient this season, which is kind of, which is surprising, but also it shouldn't be surprising because in New Orleans, he played that one year, played with Drew Holiday, played with Anthony Davis, put up 21 points, nine rebounds, shot 52% from the field and had a um, field goal, a, a, was it efficient field goal percentage or whatever it is of about 53%. Um, and last season was kind of a dip. And I wouldn't be surprised if last season was the aberration that we're seeing, not this season, because he put up 19 and 10 last season, but shot 6% worse from the field. Shot 7% worse from three. Shot um, basically the same from the line. but And his effective field goal percentage was down for about 5%. But now it's basically up to the same percentages that he was um, putting up back in New Orleans. Plus, he's getting a few more shots. Plus, he's leading the NBA in minutes. He's, he has, he's averaging 38.6 minutes per game. And that just shows that Thibodeau, Thibodeau loves playing his guys all the minutes they deserve or that he thinks they deserve. And RJ Barrett's also, I think, is second in the league right now in minutes. So, I mean, he went from playing in New Orleans with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday in 20, I think, 2018-19 to last season, 2019-20, playing. He's basically the best player on the team last season on the Knicks and even this season. Um, but he, his efficiency was just terrible last season. Uh, especially con compared to what his what his efficiency has been his entire career, so that's basically the only change I've seen. His assists have gone up a little bit, and maybe that maybe that's showing the the help that he's getting. RJ is playing better. Rivers is there. Alec Burks' first three games, like you said, is balling. So that's the only really big difference I see in this in this team and in Julius Randle is the efficiency. Yeah, uh, the Knicks are currently eighth in total rebounds per game as well, uh, which is a yeah, it's really big. People don't realize how important rebounding is, um, especially in the NBA. Yeah. You know, more positions, more chances to score, obviously. When we look at uh, what they've done recently as well, they've gone and hit, they've gone ahead and signed Taj Gibson, which I think is a pretty good it's a pretty good signing. Um, it wasn't too expensive. They brought back a seasoned veteran, brought back a leader in the locker room, and it's he's helped. He played uh, he's played before them for the Knicks, mm -hmm. and he's going to continue to help. Uh, what they're doing over there, especially with what Mitchell Robinson has been able to accomplish. According to basketball reference, Mitchell Robinson is around uh, fifth in blocks, in blocks per game. Um, but, you know, it's it's really good to see what the Knicks are doing. It's good to see they're signing good contracts as well. Um, you know, Austin Rivers, three million, and look what he did last night. Uh, Julius Randle was signed for a pretty expensive contact, contract last offseason. Um, and he didn't really shop last season, but this season he's proving that he is worth uh, those $18 million, $19 million. Of course, Ajay Barrett still has a rookie contract, um, but it's really good to see what the New York Knicks have been able to produce and good to see that a lot of their money hasn't gone to waste like we've seen in the past. Yeah, it's kind of – this is where we're at right now, is that Julius Randle making $18 million now seems kind of like a steal, which is just crazy to think um, that six months ago it was – Last season, it just seemed like the biggest yeah. waste of money ever. And this season, it's like, those are some really good, well-spent money. Yeah, so exactly. it's really, it's going to be interesting to see how this will pan out. Um, because, you know, Julius Randle has had seasons where he's played well. And there's been seasons where he hasn't played well. Last season, he actually didn't do too bad. He, play, he scored 20 points a game. 
uh, 20 points a game on uh, nine rebounds a game. Uh, sorry, 10 rebounds a game on oh, 9.7. It depends how you round it. Uh, you okay. know, some people like to just say 9.7. But he didn't play terribly last year. But the improvement that he's shown this year from the potential that we saw in New Orleans has been really eye-opening. And if you guys remember from that Christmas podcast we did, I was saying, Knicks fans, y'all have hope. And it's showing right now. Y'all are over 500. You have beaten good teams. So who knows what we could see in the future. Of course, we've seen teams in the past play really well and just completely flop. We've seen teams in the past not play well in the beginning of the season and end up dominating. So it really depends. Um, Just depends on here what we see uh, for the next five to six games. Their upcoming schedule uh, just quickly looks like the Thunder, which I will favor the Knicks over. They have a tough game on Monday, uh, NZT, so Sunday for Americans, uh, against the Denver Nuggets, which will, of course, be a really tough matchup. I am excited to see what that Mitchell Robinson, uh, the Jokic matchup will be like. Uh, They face the Hornets and the Nets and then the Cavs um, within the whole of uh, this week. So, So just to reiterate, Thunder, Nuggets, Hornets, and Cavs within this week. That is the next five games for the New York Knicks. I could see them winning at least three of them. Thunder, Hornets, Cavs. I could see them winning. Um, but I would favor the Nuggets and Nets over them. All right. Um, the Wolves, Timberwolves last season, actually, started out 3-0. Ended up being the worst team in the league statistic, or record-wise. The Cavs this season, I think, also started out 3-0 or similar to that. And they've fallen, fallen off a little bit, though they're still playing well. So but, they're the ninth seed at the moment, I'm pretty sure. So I mean that's better than people thought they were gonna be, to be honest. Um and I think I think you said the Knicks are about five right now, fifth in the in the East. Is that correct? Yeah, they're fifth, they're fifth in the eighth. Yeah, so it, and eight games in, it's not unrealistic that it just falls off completely. Um, but but they're also dealing with injuries. Obi Toppin, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin played one game, um, Burks played three. So they're, they're missing some key guys. And they're still playing well, so I would have to think that this is at least somewhat re- somewhat real, at least. Yeah, and just adding on to your point, um, last year the 76ers did start off five and zero, and then went on three game losing streak, and we all know how their season ended up. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's really early still. Uh, again, we're not three games in this time. We actually have a little bit more yeah. um, data. Uh, we also got to remember this is a shortened season. There is 10 less games, which could easily play into the favor of the Knicks. It could not. Uh, we, don't, we don't know yet. We have to wait and see. But yeah. if you're a Knicks fan, I'd be really happy right now with how you're doing. Yeah, this is just – I'm to be honest, this is crazy. If two months ago you yeah. told me that I'd be talking about how the Knicks are overachieving and Julius Randle is averaging – he's put up triple-double sometimes, then I would call you crazy. But the one, the one stat about Julius Randle, he is averaging five turnovers a game. I'm not really sure what his usage is. He's obviously playing a close 39 minutes, so that would go up as well. Um, is yeah, one of the biggest concerns I have with him, with Tom Thibodeau as a coach, yeah. is his history of overplaying, of over uh, playing players. Uh, fatigue and injury has been a concern for Tom Thibodeau teams in the past. And it's it could happen in New York. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Well, but if you're a New York Knicks fan, just keep in mind. Um, overexertion is a possibility right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, this they, is a young team. This is a very young team as well. That's so. Right. Yeah. The, injuries injuries are definitely plausible for this situation here. Um, but yeah, RJ is still young. Um, Toppin, though he is out right now, is still young. They still have young guys, but they also have Jules Randall is also kind of older now. Um, he's not like old, but he's how old is he? He's twenty. He's he's twenty six. So he's not exactly uh, super young in one NBA terms. But mm. injury and fatigue would if there is one thing that would be the downfall of this team, I would definitely say injury and fatigue. It's probably up there, definitely top two yeah. for things that could um, ruin this team. So, Just updating you guys on the 76 situation at the moment. It's been recently tweeted that Joel Embiid has been self-quarantining with his family until he was certain he didn't contract with virus. However, he did sit next to Seth Curry during the game, so there could be some concern around Joel Embiid right now. Um, but we'll, we'll, as I said, we'll continue to update you yeah. until we finish our pod. Uh, hopefully the 76ers roster is fine and that Seth Curry is not going through too much trouble right now and that uh, soon enough we'll see the Philadelphia 76ers back on the court. Yeah, if they lose Embiid, that's a huge loss because he's been balling out so far this season. Seems to have some fire. Seems to have some fire. Speaking of players balling out, Bradley Beal, 60-point game. That is crazy. Yeah. But to lose in that game... It's crazy year. Now, we've seen Devin Booker lose a 70-point performance. And we've seen LeBron lose a 50-point performance in the finals. We've seen a lot of great players absolutely carry their team and still somehow find a way to lose. Mm-hmm. Bradley Beal is averaging 34.3 points a game. And this time, you can't even really pinpoint the loss on Russell Westbrook like a lot of NBA fans do. Russell Westbrook had a really had a pretty good game uh, against the 76ers. He had 22 points and 10 assists if I remember correctly. So you can't pin the you can't pinpoint the loss on you know Russell Westbrook. It was a five point game. Oh yeah sorry 20 points top assists and eight rebounds. Thomas Bryant also had 11 points and Davis Bertans had 17 points. So what went wrong for the Washington Wizards. Well, there are there are a few eye-opening weaknesses as of right now. Um, one, Denny Avita is not playing well at all. He had one point in that 76er game. Two, their defense. Their defense is... Ugh, their defense is just... Oh, goodness. Atrocious, abysmal, abhorrent, awful. Any other A-word that comes to your mind that just describe terrible. The Wizards' defense <laughs> needs to improve... Like, you know, they need to bring in a, a good perimeter defender. They have to get better solid scoring depth. Thomas Bryant's not a good defender at all. Bradley Beal is not known for his defense. He's there for his attacking. Russell Westbrook has not been known as a defender in his career. Hachimura is not known for his defense. Denny Avita, definitely not known for his defense. There are a lot of holes in this Washington Wizards team. If you're... A Wizards fan, what do you want your team to do in this situation? If Trey, if you were a Wizards fan, would you want your team to build around Westbrook and Beal, or do you think it's time to pull the trigger after the season? If you guys end up with a losing season, do you think it's time to pull the trigger and say goodbye, Bradley Beal? So right now, there's only a few games in. So right now, I wouldn't say do anything drastic if I'm the Wizards. If they, yeah, they end up losing the season, I would say trade Russell Westbrook over Bradley Beal. 
But Bradley Beal, request a trade, gosh darn it. The Wizards have done nothing for you. They've no, done nothing for this man. They stunted his growth Amen. when John Wall was on the team. Then Beal blossomed when Wall wasn't playing and he was hurt. Then they went and got then they went and got Westbrook, who's John Wall plus. Like he's John Wall, but just a bit better. He's shown great loyalty to the organization, to the city, to the fans, to all those, to his teammates, to the coach, to all that. He said he wants to stay, but at some point he just has to say enough is enough. Because enough is enough at this point. Think of how successful he could be if he was in a spot like Miami, great organization, a spot like Boston, great organization, a big market like LA, Chicago, especially LA since they're attracting all the stars. Like there's so many good opportunities for Bradley Beal, but they're not in Washington. And the Wizards are 0-3 when Beal drops 50 plus. He's played, he's played 36 minutes the past, per game the past four seasons, leading the league in scoring right now. He's giving, he's giving it all to the Wizards and they're not giving anything back. What's even worse right now is that John Wall has been playing really well for the Rockets as well. He dropped 28 points in the previous game against the Pacers. Yes, they lost. But with the whole James Harden drama happening in Houston, uh, we could easily see them you know, getting rid of Harden. And John Wall can easily step up and still be their first option. And so we've got Christian Wood and we've got Eric Gordon playing well and also, of course, Demarcus Cousins, who will hopefully come back and play well. Whereas in Washington, you only have Bradley Beal and, and Russell Westbrook. And uh, Russell Westbrook. You don't really have a guy in Washington who has shown that he can step up and perform to an all-star caliber level. You have potential. You have Rui. You have Denny. But if you want to keep around Bradley Beal, Washington management staff, listen to me now. You need to trade your pieces right now and gather a, a good interior defender, a good backup playmaker. You already have the shooting around him. Don't worry, you have the shooting. You have Davos Bertans, good church for. Um, let me just quickly check uh, the stats because the, the Washington Wizards is you know, a great offensive team. Yeah, they got the offense. They just have to, they have no defense. But at this point, they're basically just a, a whole lot worse, worse version of the Nets at this point. Mm-hmm. You have, hmm. you don't even have the depth to make up for it either. So Washington Wizards, go grab yourself some depth. Go grab yourself a good defense, and then come back and show us and show Bradley Beal that he deserves to stay in Washington. Because mm-hmm. right now, you have. Five players shoot uh, scoring over 10 points a game, which is good. And defensively, though, it's, again, not great at all. You give them back all those points. You have all, you have all this young talent. You have all this young talent. You have Denny Avita, Troy Brown, Rui, Jerome Robinson, Mo Wagner, Thomas Bryant, who are all under the age of 23, who is being led by Westbrook, Beal, Lopez, and Smith, and Bertans. So you can't tell me and say the Wizards don't have enough talent to make the playoffs. They have enough talent. They just haven't constructed their talent well enough to fit a well-balanced team. If you could trade away either Thomas Bryant or Robin Lopez, probably you probably want to trade away Robin Lopez. Not going to lie. probably want to trade him away. And get yourself a good perimeter defender. Grab yourself a good interior defender. 
and just start from there. You don't need to rush this, but you also want to make sure you're happy. You're keeping Bradley Beal happy so he stays in Washington. Yeah, and if I'm if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm I said this about Giannis. If I'm Bradley Beal, I'm going to the front office. I'm saying I'm out unless you prove unless you can show me that I need to, I can stay or I need to stay or I want to stay. Give me a reason to stay because their offense. Yeah, their offense is great. They're sixth in offensive rating. They are 29th in defensive rating. Their fit is terrible. They have Russell Westbrook, and they have two Russell Westbrook's light Russell, Russell Westbrook lights and Raw Nato and Ismith, who's basically all the same player, just at varying talent levels. Doesn't fit at all. Um, and I'm sure it's one of those guys is averaging 10 points or more, like you said. But the Wizards stink at free throws, rebounding, blocking shots, getting steals. They're in the bottom third for all those categories. They have too many ball-dominant guards, not enough bigs. And Thomas Bryant, yeah, Thomas Bryant's playing great offensively. He's dropped, he's, he can go, he can get you 25, but then he lets the team to score 25 right back, the other team. So he's scoring, he's dropping 25, but then giving it right back to the other team on the other side of the floor. So he's not really, is he helpful on the offensive side? Yes. Is he atrocious on the defensive side? Yes. Does it cancel out? Kind of, <laughs> kind of does. So he's not, he, he's not showing that he can be, a net positive player basically on the floor. So, and if you need to go trade him for someone who can be a net positive player, go ahead, go trade him for someone. Because um, Robin Lopez defensively is a better than Thomas Bryant. Um, good, better rebounder, always better, bo- better at boxing out anyway. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Robin Lopez around and trade Thomas Bryant, if I'm being honest. I mean, percent, uh, just quickly about the three point shooting, percentage wise, this team is good. You have a, if we look at those who are being played with 15 minutes a game, Isaac Bongo is only shooting two threes a game, but he's making uh, around 50%. Uh, Rui is making around 50% of his threes. Um, and you have Raul, Raul Nito, Neto making 48%. Denny Avita making 46%. Thomas Bryant, 45%. Robin Lopez, 40%. Bradley Beal, 38%. But the downside of all this is that you have players only shooting two to three threes a game. Hmm. If you could tell these players to have a different scheme and to try, tell them to shoot more, we could see the, 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 the percentages dip a little bit. But if it means that your total, your total amount of points are going to increase, because if you have a 0.1, potential decrease, well, that's fine. And we could even see, you know, maybe an increase in percentage. We don't know yet. It, it could happen. And this, again, this team is talented. You can't tell me this team is not talented because they're talented. Just a fit, like you said. They have a lot of ball-dominant guards. They don't have a good defensive fit. It just doesn't work out for Washington, yeah. which is why I had them at ninth. They are not ninth. The Cavs are ninth. Again, I know it's just eight to nine games in the season, and I know it could just be – it could be one of the teams, like I said earlier, who had a really bad early season, and boom. We don't know yet. But as of right now, the Wizards need to figure something out. They need to figure something out. Yeah. I have them at eight. They're like 13th right now. So um, back on the free throw thing, I just they're second at free throw attempts, but 22nd in free throw percentage. And that is a lot of points they're just giving. They're just not making. Like, that's free points. It's really called free throws. It's free points. But they've lost to the Bulls twice, the Magic twice, the 76ers twice. They've beaten the Timberwolves. Congrats. Congrats. Congratulations to beat the Timberwolves. They are terrible. Um, and they beat the Nets by one point. I think without Kevin Durant, but I'm not entirely sure. So, 
not not a great start. Obviously, the two and six. Um, no, KD was playing that game, so they have one good win. Um, but even that game, they couldn't really stop it. Oh yeah, Kyrie and KD both missed game winners. Yeah, exactly, and they still let the other team score 120 plus. So it's just it's it's terrible. Like this team defensively is one of the worst in the league, and everyone was saying, well, a lot of people were saying. Um, I know you didn't have them in the playoffs, but you had them play in. But most people had them at least top, definitely top 10. Most people had them top eights. Some people I've even heard had them like fifth or so, um, which is just crazy. But, yeah, they're giving up 122 points per game, which is worse, which is worse than the Pistons, worse than the Bulls, worse than the Hawks. Um, better, it's worse, wait, it's worse than the Timberwolves. It's the, it's the worst in the league, is what I'm saying. They're giving up the most points per game in the entire league. They're terrible, defensively. Yeah. Uh, they are. Um, just quickly, another team that, of course, has sort of surprised me, that has surprised me this season, not because of how well they're playing, but because of how bad they're playing. Toronto Raptors mm. are currently 14th in the East, 1-6. They yeah. lost to the Suns. Who have been, by the way, good. playing amazingly. Mm-hmm. But they also lost to. Hold on. Let me get the games up. But the Raptors just, you know, they haven't been playing well. They're one and six. They have a good coach, of course, and Nick Nurse, coach of the year. They have a good roster. Their offense. And Siakam and Lowry. But I don't think people realize how important those two centers of Abaka and Marcus Hall were. They lost their opening uh, matchup 99-113 to Pelicans. And they lost by five points to the Spurs, which is looking now, the Spurs just beat the Lakers. So they're a pretty decent team. So the Raptors lost to 76ers, who are currently first in the East. They beat the Knicks, we talked about earlier. Then they lost to the Pelicans again. And then they lost to the Celtics. So it's not like they're losing to bad yeah, teams. Lost to Suns as well. Oh, you said yeah, that. Like, Sorry. I mentioned that earlier. Um, it's not like they're losing to bad teams. It's just. Like the Celtics, they lost by double digits. You don't have a really good center. Aaron Baines has zero points that game. If we were looking at what Serge Ibaka and Marcus Hall would have provided for that, uh, we could see this team easily being top five already in the East, probably going four and two. So four and three, um, five and two. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize how important it is to have that really solid center duo. Um, yeah, Ibaka's playing well. And their next games. Is it is a good chance for them to turn it around? They are facing the Kings, who have had their own uh, problems within the organization with the whole Marvin Bagley situation, but they are currently four and four. They are running into a very hot Steph Curry, who I am hoping plays well because he's on my fantasy team. Uh, but they are running; they are playing um, a Warriors team on that price now. They're facing the Trailblazers, of course, who are also on that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing, of course, well as well as everyone expected them to be. Uh, they're facing the Hornets back to back. I think that's a good time. That's a good chance for them to turn it around. And then they're facing the Mavericks, um, who are currently losing by one to the Nuggets. And then you also have them facing the Heat and the Pacers uh, in both back to backs. So this is a good chance for them to turn it around. None of these games are guaranteed losses. None of these games are guaranteed wins, unless you say the uh, the Hornets are pretty much guaranteed wins. I don't even know because the Raptors. At this point, actually, it doesn't really. I, I don't even know. But this is a good chance for the Raptors to turn it around. 
the schedule is not incredibly tough. It's not incredibly easy, though. Um, and they're one and six. It's, there's no, there's, there's no way you can get worse than this. You have Siakam and Van Vliet, twenty points a game. Lowry, nineteen points a game. OG and Chris Boucher, thirteen points a game. I reckon what needs to happen is you need to have uh, Norman Powell stepping up, um, and you need your starting center Aaron Baines to step up. He is oh, playing abysmal. Five, six rebounds, six, five, five points. This was not the Aaron Baines we saw in Phoenix. This is a much worse Aaron Baines. Yeah. And yeah. And Maxi Cleaver just, oh goodness, he has ice in his veins. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, the Raptors, yeah, their offense is terrible. And someone who could have helped maybe is a guy named, by the name of Jonas Valanciunas, is a big man who can get buckets and get boards. But they trade him for He Marcus. was a Raptor for a very long yeah, time. Exactly. I reckon they would love having him back. Yeah. Um, and then we do have to remember, though, that this season they're now the Toronto Raptors, the Tampa Bay Raptors, and that I'm sure has some impact on them. They're moving from Canada to Florida, so it has some move, it has, has some stress um, or increases their stress at least a little bit. Um, logistic, like logistics and stress, and I mean, just, you're moving. Like, that's believe me, I know, I know, I know what I mean. I know what it's like to move across countries, so it's it is tough, but. Maybe this, maybe during the stretch you listed off, they can turn around. I surely hope so. Um, as an NBA fan, that they would we'll have another good team because they're, they're so good. Siakam just dropped 30 last night. Um, they lost, but they're still, uh, they still have good players. It's not lost for Raptors fans. Yeah. You know, I expect them to bounce back. Easy bounce back for me. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but I think that wraps us up for today. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this is the Phenom NBA show all the way from New Zealand and Australia. I'm Danny, and I'm joined by Trey today. Hopefully next time we'll be able to get our, our other partner, Zach Lucas, on. Uh, just a quick message from me before we head off. For those who are living in Washington right now, I am praying for all of you guys right now. I'm praying that you guys are safe, um, especially with what has happened recently in recent times. So I'm praying for you guys, praying for your safety, praying for protection, and also for all um, of America right now, who safe, is on the brink of some very troubled times yeah. uh, that being said stay safe enjoy your day enjoy your week enjoy the NBA basketball from Danny and Trey goodbye peace, peace.